the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Liberty in America is under assault. We no longer live in a reality that includes property rights. We're no longer the kings of our own castle. We no longer enjoy the true benefits of capitalism. Instead, we're negotiating our rights with our own government. This isn't how our country was founded. These aren't the ideas of our founders. It's time to seize back our country. This is the Liberty Hour, where these important issues will be discussed for the sake of America's future. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Constitution in the other, here's your host, Sean Thompson. My cigar's in my coat, the Constitution's in the car, in the armrest, Amy Jacobson. Yeah, you meet me in the car. All right, show's over. <laughs> I don't... I don't feel good. Anyway, we have a little coldies issue. I got the, I got a guy who looks like Martin Short walking in and out of the room. We don't know what the hell's going on. 312-642-5600. Dan Proft is doing Dennis Prager today, which is going to be exciting. Listen, I told you, play your cards right. There may be a little overtime in this for you, a little outside the boat. Uh, anyway, <laughs> it is so wrong. Yeah, get out of here before I get sued. I'm an HR nightmare. Thank you, Amy Jacobson. Um, so listen, I, I, I gotta tell you, I've been listening to a lot of nonsense about how things were going to be different than they actually were last night in the election. Heard a lot of, how could you possibly go against the economy that all the guys who are in the administration keep telling me is great. All of the propagandists and, uh, all of the America first guys. See, but here's the problem. Ultimately, the beauty of American people is that they can eventually separate the bullshit from the truth. The problem is what direction they take as a rejection of the bullshit. This has always been my contention with Republican parties. Stop lying to the people. Tell them the truth and you'll be amazed. Have faith in your fellow American. You'll be amazed at the character of the fellow American. You'll be amazed at their willingness to correct a problem versus the one where you just keep lying to them, they keep trusting you, and you keep screwing the American people. And the problem with with um, when Republicans lie is the alternative to the Republican Party is so bad that there's virtually no way to come back from it. So I reject um, the pro- the result of last night. I think it's terrible that this many Democrats won, I mean, one county. Did you read the headline, kid? Where is it? Um, first time since the Civil War that a county has, uh, from the left, has won. First time since the Civil War. I mean, you know, I, Bevan is an incredible governor. His policies are fantastic. I am really surprised that he lost. I was surprised when he lost to Mitch McConnell. I can't believe that Mitch McConnell 
beat him. You know, it, it was only five years ago that the governor of Kentucky ran against the senator and barely lost that race. And for sure, I thought he was going to, you know, be swept in because he is the real deal. Bevin is is not like a lot of these phony Republicans. He is the real deal. We've got, actually got some clips. I want to hear what he had to say. As uh, I have not, in all seriousness, I'm I'm not feeling well, and I did not listen to a lot of the news. I uh, I'm getting a head cold, and I have to go on a plane Saturday morning, so I kind of tried to rest up and heal. So I want to hear it. I'm hearing it for the first time. Would it be a Bevin race if it wasn't a squeaker? I mean, come on. I mean, really and truly, this is a close, close race. We are not conceding this race by any stretch. It's a shame. It's a shame this guy lost. And if you see the the, the vote tallies, it's just like Illinois, where all of the Rural counties, they're hardcore conservatives. The Republicans, it looks like they're, they're destroying them, but yet these these welfare nooks, these welfare strongholds, are always going to vote Democrat. It's just, unfortunately, the toteful was right. When people realize they can vote themselves uh, profitability, when they can vote themselves money, you are really got a headwind. You're sending that big message to the rest of the country. It's so important. you got to get your friends. you got to vote because... If you lose, it sends a really bad message. It just sends a bad, and they will build it up. Here's the story. If you win, they're going to make it like ho-hum. And if you lose, they're going to say Trump suffered the greatest defeat in the history of the world. This was the greatest. You can't let that happen to me. Obviously, you know, I mean, he, at the end, he's joking. It's not, But it, it, there is something to be said with the, for the fact that in 2018, 71% of the people Trump endorsed lost. Out of a out of that seventy one percent, more than half were not expected to lose. So, there is a rejection factor of Trump. There is a rejection factor of his approach. No, I don't necessarily agree with that. I kind of like some of his approach. I like some aspects of his personality. I even like some of the tweets where um, people who don't like him go crazy. I I I, I kind of get it. The part of Trump that I reject is the bullshit. I mean, that's why, you know, I, when I do the economic Keynesian fraud like uh, yesterday's show, and we point out, what the hell are you doing, man? What the hell are you doing? You're doing everything that Barack Obama did that we thought was wrong with this silent quantitative easing. And then there's this, this America first. There's this national populism, which originally was a concept of the left, which originally was from a Louisiana Democrat. And when it was borrowed by the right, bad things happened. And I'm sorry, I think Teddy Roosevelt was a terrible president. Ooh. He was a progressive. He was an interventionist. He is uh, one of the reasons we have the kind of bureaucracy, the so-called swamp. God, I can't stand listening to that bullshit swamp. Especially when you take into account that Donald Trump appointed 281 lobbyists. Really? We're de-swamping. I got his kid running around with the beard, triggered. It's just overwhelming. The hypocrisy to me is overwhelming. The the nonsense of people telling you what an America first um, economic plan looks like when the reality is it's a corporatist first, it's a corrupt first, that it's exactly the opposite of American citizen first. Do American politicians, lobbyists, and those who refuse to expose their products to competition win in a Donald Trump America first world? Yeah, they win. They're cleaning up. They're cleaning up because they're using the they're misusing the power of government to separate themselves from any real competition. So the corporatists are loving this nonsense. This nonsense. 
where if we wanted to achieve America first, we would take advantage of the situation and expose our, 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 our choices to competition in every case. Do you know that? In every case. From the medical pro- situation, the economic situation, to the drug situation. Is that radical? Because I'm really quoting Donald Trump's position in 1999. As we, you know, I was driving in and I was listening to the, to the uh, Mormon Mexican slaughter. And seven years ago, they, they, they released an instance of what this is all about with the Mormons who um, were scofflaws, who went down to Mexico to establish a community um, because they wanted to marry more than one woman, and the American law wouldn't uh, allow that. And these are Mitt Romney's relatives. I mean, it's a sad case when all these kids get killed. I was listening to all of the stuff. But it, it, it's, it's, it's to a point where there was an ongoing situation between the Mormons and cartels. But anyway, I'll get to that later. Let's, get, let's stick to the American first nonsense. That the problem with the reality of how this protectionism and how populism works, the actual problem with it is, is that it builds a certain, it divides things because it's the opposite of Reaganomics. And I, I heard uh, Stephen Moore talk about how, you know, everybody liked Reagan, everybody doesn't like Trump. I, I, I'm not sure it's, a, it's about like, it's about result as far as I'm concerned. Because as we discussed it's one thing to have an economy where people are experiencing a thriving economy and they're confident in what their individual experience is. It's another to be propagandized, to have a very select few profiting while the rest are really not. And that builds an animosity of the people subconsciously who are being told how great everything is, but in their life it's not really that great. And some people will hang on and wait for things to turn great. But some people will say, come on, you're full of shit, and they'll reject you. The problem we have is that we are hyper-informed. People that are listening to this podcast, people listening to AM560, they're hyper-informed. They're hyper-opinionated. It's hard to, to kind of detox yourself and think about how things look to the people who are really not as informed as we are. Now, my answer to that is to inform more, is to discuss the the policies and the specificities of those issues in detail so that maybe it'll grab hold. Maybe someone will say, well, wait a minute, that does make sense. The problem is I'm combating propaganda, propaganda from other Republicans, propaganda from the White House, propaganda from economists we once trusted, and most of all, propaganda from nightly news that are pulling people in the opposite directions. So the problem that I think you had last night is you had more of a rejection than you had people say, yes, Trump endorses Bev and I'm going to go out and do it. Now, you could say he was down by numbers and after Trump uh, um, you know, came in, he had a bump. Yeah, okay, but he's motivating a very small, loyal Trump base and it still wasn't enough. Isn't the issue is it wasn't enough? Or is the issue, no, his base is real strong. Well, no kidding, the base is always strong. That's why it's called the base. That's why when you go to these rallies and they say there's 20,000 people, there's 15,000 people, so what? There's 100,000 people go to WrestleMania. That doesn't mean the rest of the country who's in the living every day, who's watching this from their evening news, is supportive of this. It doesn't mean that enough people are buying the collectivist government so much so that they want it to expand. 
because that's what I wanted Donald Trump to do. See, to me, it's always about what's the policy that works, what's the best one for the American citizen. And the best one for the American citizen, unfortunately, is 180 degrees away from the, the, the economic scheme Donald Trump has been implementing. I know it's controversial, but mine is just the reality of, of going through the facts on the ground. The facts on the ground is I have a bunch of radio hosts telling me how great the economy is when nothing is expanding, truly expanding, other than credit, which means the citizen is carrying more debt. Regardless of what he hears about how great the economy is, he's the one that's putting the purchases on his charge card. He's the one that's more interested and has to get more and more debt because the hidden costs of the Trump policies, of Trumponomics, are devaluing his dollar here in America. See, that's the reality of what happens when you choke off competition from the consumer, is that the things he purchases every day are costing him more. And if he's not able to make more, he has only one alternative, and that's to take more debt on. Now, you could lull him to sleep by forcing interest rates low like we've done. You could do that. But ultimately, when the the man of the house or the woman of the house is expanding their debt, they are uncomfortable internally with the situation. And that translates to a you're full of shit reaction when vote time comes. That's the problem with a lie. Even for the people who believe it, outwardly, inwardly, they know. When you lie to somebody, they may want to believe you, but inwardly they know the truth. All of us parents know that. We know when the kids lie. We might want to accept it. We might want to believe it. But ultimately, we understand it's a lie. And we probably have a good idea what's going on. That's the same thing that we see with this nonsense economic bubble, this credit bubble. That's why when I do the evening show, I bring on experts who are fundamentalists. I don't, they're not party-affiliated. I am so excited, by the way, a little promo for, for a Friday show. I'm doing Friday's uh, 5 to 7 show. I have the, um, the founder of the Pig Book. The Pig Book is a book that, uh, for you old Tea Party guys, you remember, that's where we spotted, uh, we would have, they would list all of the government spending and all of the pork barrel that these freaking rat congressmen would bring home back to their districts to get elected rather than do the job and protect the people against the government. That's when they bought the people. They bribed the people through bringing uh, money back home in their little pet projects. And look at there's flower pots on your median. Aren't you happy? And they pay five times what they cost if the you know if they did their job right. Anyway, I have him coming on because to me it's about the truth. You know what's going to fix America is the truth. You know what's going to fix the debt in the economy is the real economy, not as we discussed in length yesterday, the hybrid Keynesian economy that these politicians want to sell you where they're telling you they use these, these words, these buzzwords, invest in, in projects. You're not investing, you frickin' liar. You're wasting the money. That's all you're doing. You're wasting the money. So what I like to do is actually discuss the actual principle and the nugget of truth that they're within and apply it to the facts. When pundits come on and talk about the economy, when Fox News is running only bullshit propaganda, of the economy and not discussing the hidden costs, even the people that like it will ultimately, at the end of the month, when they look at their own personal balance sheet, know inherently that's a lot of bullshit I've been listening to for the last month. When you go to the, to the store and you go to purchase your items and there are, there are only 
union-made choices and American high prices at mediocre quality, you're going you're gonna to be disgusted with that. I, I mean, I'm sorry, am I not supposed to talk about the truth? Or are we just supposed to wave the flag? Is this the part where I come on and I say, America first, when every single frickin' policy is, a, is exactly the opposite of Americanism? You do know what Americanism is. Americanism is the difference, the difference from collectivist government to the, to the citizen government. You remember when we used to say that? Look at how we don't say that anymore. When the citizen, king of his own castle, the citizen is the king of his house. Now the Republicans sound like the Democrats from the 80s. In fact, the Republicans sound exactly like the opposition to Reaganomics. As I was watching Fox News last night, and Donald, son, uh, Donald Trump's son was there, and he was bragging about this Mexican-American-Canadian agreement. Without discussing, first of all, you know that NAFTA, and they always bash it. NAFTA is the worst thing that happened. How many people understand that Reagan, that was his concept, NAFTA? Did politicians get in the middle and screw it up? Yes. I do believe they did to a certain extent. Justin, somebody's on the phone, kid. Oh, all right. Um, so that there, there was the NAFTA under Ronald Reagan, which was ironically completely free trade. It was supposed to be. Now, did politicians who were paid off by special interests put barriers in some of the way? Yes, they did. They did. So it wasn't the ideal NAFTA that Reagan created. In fact, it was a manipulated and contorted one at the end. Still very much orientated to competition versus Donald Trump's Mexican-American-Canadian agreement, which is setting minimum pays of those foreign countries to their workers. So instead of offering the, the, the value of the, of the advantage of the cost to the American consumer, he is lifting the wages to the foreign employees. Now, inherently, I have a problem with that. Do you? That's the question. Do you have a problem with that? See, because as conservatives, as Republicans, we're against government-mandated pay to workers. We're against government-mandated price fixing and profit control. We're against that. And you know what built America? All the way back to the Declaration of Independence was the ability for the American consumer to have options in virtually everything he did. So when I keep hearing America first, they're missing a word. It's American lobbied lobbyists first. That's what Donald Trump's plan is. American lobbyists first. And the problem is, that's the best choice in this climate of the better of two evils. That's the best choice, is a, is, is a slight tyranny versus a heavy-handed tyranny. And, brother, that's how you lose. Now we got one of our callers on the line. Thank you so much, Rob, for calling. How are you, buddy? Hey, Sean, how are you, man? Good, good. What's going on? Well, I'm in uh, Knoxville. I talked to you yesterday. I'm working my way south, making cold calls. Yeah. And uh, I'm just amazed at, the, at what capitalism is down in the south when it's not trapped by all the garbage in Illinois. It is, it is something to see. And, you know, Rob, you know I, I saw real estate in Florida. I see it all the time. I try to come back and tell people, and they laugh at me. You know. But go ahead. I, go, I Google a company just to, just to visit a cool call. I'm in the middle of nowhere in, in uh, Kentucky. Okay. You know, open up, and there's a building, and there's five or six guys in there working their ass off, building a business. 
and uh, proud, making a little bit of money, I assume. It's just amazing, man. It's a, capitalism is an amazing thing when it's unfettered. You know something, Rob? That's why I love trade. Because when you think about why we're here, why we got to this place, it was for the last hundred years, American government working with corrupt businessmen. to be They were buying politicians to put barriers to their competition that they didn't have. And the American businessman, some guy sitting on his, on his, behind his desk said, you know what? Screw it, man. Instead of getting shaken down by my municipality, by my state, by my federal government, I'll find a country outside of America to make the product I want and that the people want. I'll go and buy it. I'll ship it back, and I'll still make money. And the people will be happy. You turned me, and, and you you, turn me on that point, John, you did, because I was, I was heavy, heavy tariff for a while, and it's like, nope. Got to be, it's got to be untrammeled. It's got to be because look at what you know. I I learned years and years ago. I was lucky enough that my grandfather was in, a, in the auto part business, and he was the number two Delco distributor in Illinois. Okay, so Delco was the best of the best of the best back then. Okay, because it was GM made the whole nine yards. My grandfather was all in on it, and what I watched was his as as time went on and the maturity of his business went on. And, and other auto parts came in. It went from where my grandfather used to say, those are Mickey Mouse parts. Back then, that was the fame expression in the 70s. Anything from China was Mickey Mouse. You remember that? Mickey Mouse. It'll never yep. work. And it didn't. Right up until in the mid-70s, the UAW contract that destroyed the work ethic of the American worker in the auto business. Then all of a sudden, those Chinese products started to get better because as, as simultaneously, the American product was getting worse. And, you know, it started to where I saw it overtake the quality. And at that point, my grandfather was an old man. He had, he had burned up all the money he made trying to keep a bad business afloat, right? And he said to me, we were, he was an old man at the time, and he said to me, I got on the wrong horse, man. I rode the wrong horse. I yep. should have, at the time that it, I saw that contract, because he said to me, the minute that contract was done, it's over with. At the time I saw that contract, I should have taken advantage of what would then become the better product. And sure enough, look at us yep. today. Here we are. That's in the 70s or 80s. Here we are today, and look at the products that we're talking about. I got a Toyota downstairs, brother. Listen, I buy, I buy a Toyota. Okay, I have for many, many years. It's got a, I just turned 170,000 miles on that son of a bitch. Aside from it smelling like an ashtray, the car runs perfectly. My buddy with the brand-new Escalade. No my buddy with the brand-new no Escalade, $109,000 he paid for this Escalade. He's been back to the shop six times, man. Six times the car's six months old, so it goes to show you no pressure, no pressure yeah. in competitive. And back then, the the American worker wanted to compete in the seventies. Prior to that freaking contract, prior to the outfit going in and extorting labor, back then those guys wanted. They were proud. Yeah, that's right. My grandfather was proud as a peacock. Number one battery sales, number one shock absorber sales. Proud as a peacock. All right up until the, it took about a decade, and by the mid to late eighties. Delco was shit, and the, and the foreign companies were pick, kicking out a, a better product. So it goes to Milton Friedman. It goes to what delivers yep. the best product at the most value is always the winner, and it is. And you know the government I'm would sure do better. I've seen his pencil video. Oh, I love it. Pencils put there. That's awesome, man. And you know what else? If you take that pencil video and you expound upon China, and you look at you look at how much of our business and trade was centralized in Hong Kong. And Hong Kong, that's what spurred the rejection of communism, was those people recognizing 
how phenomenal it was to be a capitalist. And they started to reject a tiny little pimple on the, in, the, in a massively strong communist country started to destroy and erode the communism. And instead of us winning the right way, which was opening up absolute trade and making Hong Kong a bastion of capitalism and let that spread through the cancer of communism, we strengthened the communist with Trump's policies. And that's what drives me nuts. We did the exact well, opposite. They're waving Ameri- in Hong Kong, they're waving American flags, for Christ's sake. Yeah, and we were winning because you want to know something? The idea, and it was Nixon that opened up trade. The idea, he, he, I think he knew what he was going to start. I think he just thought, like Trump, he could manage it. But if, if we would have yeah. taken a 180-degree policy from Trumponomics and we would have said, you know what? The American company that tries to strong-arm the American consumer and, 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 and build up the, the unions, now you got competition, you son of a bitch. You'd have bankrupted these freaking yep. strongholds. And you know what? The American consumer would have gotten more value. And the Chinese, the Chinese capitalist would have said, screw communism, man. I'm not, it's not good enough for me. This is and, the system we want. Right. And that's what's better for all Americans. And that's the pencil analogy, right? You didn't know who, what race. Hey. You didn't know what religion. You just knew that those people came together to deliver a product we all needed and wanted. And it's the best video in yep. the world. I'm going to tweet it out when we're done. It's the best video I in the world. one more point I want to make with real quick. Sure. I heard you yesterday. Do you mind? Mm-mm. Go right ahead. I heard you yesterday talking about you don't want to be depressing. You don't want to be pessimistic. You are being real. And the, and the corny saying of the truth will set you free is, is, is absolutely the truth. Keep doing what you're doing. I appreciate it. Because, and, you know, uh, Rob, I, I get I guys. Any, I don't want to hear any garbage. I want to hear the truth. That's good. That's good. Well, you know what? That makes me feel better than, than, than the other 10 phone calls or the guys that come into my cigar store and are like, you got to get on the train. And, you know, if you remember early on, you know, you've been listening to this show for a long time, The Morning Answer. Early on, yeah. I liked I liked what Trump was doing. I actually thought what he was doing, he was going to win and then say, by the way, I'm going to show you how capitalism works and we're going to go f- forward with, uh, you know, the, the old economic plan of capitalism. But then I realized what he was saying. He believed. And I went back, and I'm like, listen, this is going to be bad. And that's when I did the research on who these guys are. And when you look at Peter Navarro, when you look at Wilbur Ross, by the way, an old-time scumbag who made billions of dollars by bastardizing government, Wilbur Ross is a bad dude. And when you look at, at, at uh, did I say Peter Navarro already or Steve Mnuchin? Peter Navarro, yes. four times he ran as a Democrat in California. He is a, the real believing collectivist. He wants government in charge of everything. You know, and I used, I, I call that Fabian socialism. The guys here make fun of me because they didn't know what Fabian socialism is. And that's what the Republicans are. They're really socialists. And, you know, every once in a while, I'll listen to Trump speak and he'll say, we're raising billions of dollars, billions of dollars, and we're giving it to the farmers. And I'm like, where are all, where's Dan Proft? Is his head blowing up? Isn't he saying, well, that's freaking <laughs> socialism, man. What are you doing? And, and you know something? Take it from you and give it to them. That's the definition. That's the definition of redistribution. <laughs> Are you freaking kidding me? And then here's the other thing. You look at, at the stronghold that the sugar industry has had on America, and the Americans got used to it, man. You know we pay twice as much for sugar than most countries? And they don't even care because they felt that they could afford it. And ultimately, when I listen to these people talk, they do that whole thing. Well, I'll pay a little more for American products. Well, I hope you did when you had the freedom of choice. Why do you want to take it away 
from the from the Americans in the same way Obama wanted to take away freedom of choice from the insurance companies. It's so the the when I'm looking at these two people, I'm like, you're freaking Siamese twins. Donald Trump and Barack Obama are twins, man. Do they understand that? And then you know something? I don't know that I don't know that most of the people understand it. That's for damn sure. What do you think, Rob? After you look last night, I mean, I can't believe that guy lost in Kentucky. That guy was rock solid. Yeah, he was, was a rock Lexington. solid. I was in Lexington that election night, and it was crazy, man. It was like people everywhere. They're shutting down the highways and killing us. I'm telling you, man. If that's a, if that's the future, and we wake up in a year from today, and one of these rat bastard socialists is in the White House, you know what's going to happen? All of these fraud talk show hosts. They're going to blame me. They're going to blame guys like me. It's going to be, They're going to blame guys like me. It's going to be pretty like much me. your fault. I hope you know that. Oh, yeah. They're going to blame guys. Instead of blaming themselves, instead of blaming the fact that, look, you had the one opportunity you're probably never going to get again, and you fucked it up. I'm sorry. It's a podcast. I can yep. say it. You fucked it up. You could yeah, have changed I was, yeah, I everything. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. All right, brother. Well, listen, thanks last, for last comment. I want to make ahead. is the college, the college liberal college stuff. I got two boys in college, and and they're not finding any girlfriends or anything. And I'm like, guys, what's going on? You, you there's not something you want to tell me, is there, about your lifestyle? <laughs> oh boy, dead, dead. I, I go to the bar, I meet a girl. We we we, we both like classic rock. We're into working out, and then she starts telling me how Elizabeth Warren's going to be president. She said, I'm done. Well, I got news for you. I got a, I got a daughter. She's, she's as mean as her mother, which is why I'm, I can rest a little bit. But uh, she's in Nebraska, and she's there, and her roommate, first day. And you know, it's, when it's a daughter, it's different. You got boys, right? So you can relax a little bit. They're boys. I have four boys. Yep. I got a daughter, right? So I'm dropping her off, and I'm like, are you freaking kidding me, man? I can't believe I don't want to. <laughs> I'm, t- I'm terrified. Bad things are going to happen. She's going to make bad choices. She calls me up in 20 minutes. She's like, Dad, this, this girl that I'm with is a communist. She's not a freaking Democrat. She's a communist. So I started laughing. My wife, we were on the, the Bluetooth, and my wife was like, look what you did. You ruined the kid. I said, no, I didn't. I perfected no, that I kid. So hopefully, uh, you never know. Maybe we'll be at a family party, but you just tell your son be nice to my daughter. All right? I will. You take Absolutely. care. Thanks, Rob, for calling. I appreciate it very much. And here's the other thing about the tax system. This is what, you know, Rob, Rob got this out of me. We had an opportunity. Instead of just to manipulate the, 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 the progressive tax system, which is what Trump did, he played hide the peanut. He didn't really freaking give you a tax break, especially when he put up a barrier of choice in a value-added tax of various different tariffs. He actually cost you money at the end of the day. But he made it, he made it a, 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 what do they call it, sunset, where it's going to expire on election year or the year after. Now, why would you do that? You're the, fu- you're the president. We got the Senate and the Congress. You could have, at that moment, especially because you like writing a pen so much, why not say, I'm going to turn this economy over to the American people. We are going to implement an absolute and total flat tax, and every dollar that they spend will be actually rebuilding the economy and taking it back from government spending. Not only that, for all of the problems that the people say, the social engineers say we have, we're going to incentivize professionals in those industries, such as doctors. You know how you eliminate Obamacare? Hey, doctors, for every hour you volunteer, you're going to pay less dollars in taxes. We'll monetize your charity. And you break apart this idea of socialized medicine from the inside. 
Do you understand the answer to everything is capitalism? The answer to everything is the American people. Freedom is the answer to everything. Not the more, the closer you are to a politician, the better likelihood you are of getting that freaking contract. That's corporatism. Not, wait a minute, I have a lobbyist on K Street. If I pay this son of a bitch, he'll make sure I don't have competition. That's corporatism. And that's what kills capitalism. That's the tumor. That's the cancer that ultimately there is no treatment for. If the American people aren't aware of it, if they don't have the courage to stand up to it. So we need a little chemo for capitalism here, man. And unfortunately, you got the guy in there who was supposed to be the picture of American capitalism. Well, it turns out there was a reason he went to Congress in 1991 and argued for the Community Reinvestment Act. How many people are aware of that? Just Google it. Use the evil Google and look at Donald Trump in front of Congress in 1991. And you tell me how he sounds different than Chuck Schumer or Nancy Pelosi. And that's why he hung around with Bill Clinton. It's a sad thing. And I listen, I know we get down to a year, and I'll tell you what, I do not want to wake up the day after Election Day like those Kentuckians are waking up today. And you realize you got a Democrat there. So you got one year, brother, one year. Get off your ass and embrace capitalism and freedom. Stop trying to manipulate. And I'll tell you another thing. Don't send out your army of frauds in talk show hosts to lie to the freaking conservatives because it's an insult. We know better. Don't tell me how good things are when you're fluffing it up with cheap and easy credit. Don't do it because I spot it, and it makes me really not like you. So don't do it. Don't lie to me, and don't manipulate other countries to pay their labor more so our freaking costs continue to go up because you're protecting your union votes. Stand like a man or bow like a bitch and get in line with the rest of them. Because that's what we're losing against. Bitches. Socialist, whiny bitches. With the mindset of fascistic, totalitarian dictators like they are. Don't mirror them. Reject them. And show the people what freedom is. You had one shot. Now, you better beg to get another one. And you better pray that the people believe you this time. You got 11 months to straighten up your ass. Either that or continue to double down on bullshit. Continue to double down on propaganda and let fat side part radio hosts and TV hosts and Lou Dobbs with his big freaking head and bad die job bullshit the people and see what happens. Because in the end of the day, whether I'm 51 or 61, I'll be me. You ain't taking that shit away and you're not taking my dignity. Earn my freaking vote and don't bullshit me. I will be hosting the Drive Time Show 5 to 7 Friday if they let me on. Then next week I'm doing Thursday and Friday because I'm going to go to Florida till Wednesday. Screw this freaking Illinois.